Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Hey, Kaylee, welcome to the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So you are here because you are a military child and you happen to also be my sister. So we share a lot of the same experiences. So I'm very excited to talk to you today and get your side of the story. Um, But first, who served? My dad served. And what branch did dad serve in? He served in the U.S. Army. The U.S. Army. And were you born into a military child life or were you um, after? I was born into it. And I was born while he was stateside deployed. Okay, so he was on a stateside deployment when you were born. And as a reservist, so both Kaylee and I were born during stateside deployments And most of the time, reservists don't deploy much. They're not mobilized many different times. But especially since after 9-11, they've been mobilized a whole lot more and deployed a whole lot more. So we both were born during deployments and being 15 months apart, that's two different deployments. And that's a lot of moving around to be doing. So, yes. Um, where did you attend school? Was it on a military installation? Was it public, private, homeschool, etc.? I attended a regular, normal public school in Ohio from all the way to preschool to about the middle of third grade. And then we moved to Texas and there I went to school on a army installation and that one was in Fort Sam Houston and then I moved again right before I started sixth grade and I went to a virtual school. Awesome and then since you've lived a couple different places what has been your favorite state to live in so far? My favorite state has probably been Texas. Cool. So you mentioned you were born in Ohio and you lived there for quite a while in the Cleveland area. How is that? Because were you a military child during that time? Were you a part of more of a civilian lifestyle? Tell me about how that worked out. I was a military child at that time since I was born into the military child life. But it was almost a slight balance between being a civilian child and being a military child since my dad was in the reserves. Um, he, we weren't on a military base. We lived outside of one and we lived by the unit building. Okay, so there was also a point in time from about 2003 to 2000 Uh, 10-ish, where dad was not in the military, right? So you were just purely 
you hadn't gotten to experience that military child life because you were born in 2003 and he got out in 2003. So you hadn't really known military child life then. Is that right? Yeah. So then in 2010, when he rejoined and re-enlisted into the Army Reserves, that's when you really got the life of a military child kind of starting up again. Is that right? Yeah. So quick overview on the years between uh, 2003 to 2010. What was that like? How, how, what was your normal lifestyle that you, you lived? I basically had a normal civilian lifestyle. Um, my dad, he got out of the military on medical terms. Um, he had injured his knee. And it was best for him to stay home with me and you and spend time with us as we were growing up. So he, most of the time, was home. He worked at a normal job. He worked at the sheriff's office. And we lived basically as a normal civilian family for quite a bit of time. Okay, so what are some memories that you have from that time being that you still are a military child because you you never leave that. You never, that never comes off of your record that you are a military child. But you were technically living the civilian side of that life. So what memories do you have from that time period? I think I have the memories of like, a normal child. I went to school and I did cheerleading. I had basically the normal life that you would think any child would have. Okay, cool. So dad was always home. He was always around. Um, And then when he rejoined the military, do you remember anything of that period of time, how you were feeling once you found out that he ended up rejoining the military? What was that situation? I don't have many memories of when he first rejoined the military. I have vague memories of like going to the offices with him for him to sign the paperwork to actually rejoin the military but outside of that I don't really have any memories of feeling any large amounts of emotion when he rejoined about how old were you at that time um I think I was about six or seven ish okay so about six or seven you had lived that six or seven years Basically, all you knew was a civilian lifestyle, right? And then at that age, you started to kind of get this military lifestyle, right? We'd go to the units all the time. Um, We'd be surrounded by these military people that we were never surrounded by before because we were technically in the civilian lifestyle. So what was that transition like? Because you technically went from a civilian child to a military child in the matter of just a couple months? Um, I think it was a really cool experience. I have memories of like going up to the unit and it being just like 
this really cool, fun place that um, everybody was really nice and we were able to meet a ton of cool people. Yes, I would agree with that. And many of those people we still talk to today um, on a daily basis, right? Yeah. So, okay, back in 2010 to 2011 timeframe, what was happening between those between those years? In that one year, what happened? Um, I don't really remember much. I know one day we were having like a big like barbecue or something like a big fun event outside and that's when both me and you got told that our dad was going on a deployment yeah um I probably remember that day more than you do because being a year older than you but what do you remember from that day we had this big gathering there were friends and family there what else do you remember from that day um, I can remember that we had, we had went to the candy shop a few days before and we had almost like vase like things that we filled with all like red, white, and blue candy. And we had gumballs and everything. And I remember right before we got told that he was going to be deployed. We were sitting in your room and we were coloring and making cards for people. And then we got told that he was going on a deployment. And everybody who was there was a part of the unit or we were really close friends with. And they were all sitting in like the big, huge wicker chairs that we had around our dining table. So I think some of your memories are getting confused with some of what I've remembered. So the candy and everything, that was from the uh, goodbye party. Oh, yeah. Right. So that was the goodbye party because as military children, you know, it's hard to say goodbye. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's hard to say goodbye. So you throw this huge party of one last gathering before the military person is gone for, you know, years or sometimes months or however the length of the deployment is. But back to that day of he is deploying, what what was kind of the incentive of this deployment? Because we were only eight and nine. So this was... This was a hard thing. You know, dad was always with us. He was always doing these things with us. He was home all the time. Like he was always around us. So what happened that said, okay, I'm coming home or after I get home from this, what are we doing? And what was that? Um, so right before we, right before he left, we got told that when he came back. We were going to take a trip to Disney because not too long before in 2010, we had did a Disney trip and we had so many great memories from it that it kind of took away a little bit of the we're not going to see you for a year. Yeah, so it was that 
we loved Disney World so much that it was that, okay, you're leaving for over a year, but then once you get back, you know, we're going on this, you know, huge vacation that we're going to spend those 400 days looking forward to, right? Yeah. So what were some things that we got that helped cope with deployments? Because deployment's not easy. And not many people are going to understand that because you see your parent every day. You see, you see them, you can touch them. They're real, right? They're right in front of you. As a military child, you're gone. He was supposed to be gone for 400 days. That's a long time. That's well over a year that we would not be able to see him. So what were some things that we had that helped cope with the deployment? Um, I think my best memory of what we had was we had gotten these huge jars and a ton of Hershey Kisses. And we counted out 800 of them, one for each of us for each day he was gone. And at some point in the day, we would eat a Hershey's Kiss and it would be our kiss for the day. Yeah. And then we had some other things, like we had a, um, a book that showed so many different memories of us and dad and, you know, things we could do if we we're feeling really stressed and anxious in there. And then we also had a teddy bear. We went to build a bear workshop right before the deployment, and they had these camouflage bears that we were able to dress in military gear. And what, was, what did we put inside of that to help us? Um, we got little speakers to put inside of it and it was a recording of dad saying, I love you. Yeah. So how often did you press that button? I think my mind was if I press it too often that the battery would just die. Yeah. So I think I would press it like right before we went to bed one time. Just because I knew that it was going to be such a long time before I saw him that I didn't want the battery to die. Sure, yeah. And that's that's the hardest thing because you can't hear his voice, but we have this little tiny speaker stuffed inside of a bear that's like, we can press this and hear his voice, but as soon as that battery dies, I mean, they're supposed to last for a long, long time. And I think mine still works. But after you press that button so many times, like, that's gone. You, you don't have that connection anymore. When did he deploy? When, when around what time did he deploy? He deployed around the start of my, around the start of the beginning of my third grade year. Okay. And do you have any memories of the day he actually left? The day... You last said goodbye, and he left. Um, so I have memories of a few days before he left that we got a necklace from one of our favorite, like, boutique-type shops that was centered for kids. My biggest memory of the day that he left was right after he left, we had went to Bob Evans, which was our place to go like we always went there we always got the long bendy straws and that was like we went there and you were crying the whole time (laughs) 
Yeah, so deployment was a lot harder for me than it was for you in the aspect of I cried a lot and you were like, why are you crying? Stop crying, <laughs> right? Um, so we actually got to go to Fort Dix, New Jersey to see him Yeah. right before he deployed, right? So he got a pass where he was able to come home and spend the weekend with us. So what kind of things did we do? Do you remember those couple days what we did um we went to carlos bakery in new jersey because that was like our favorite show to watch as a family so we woke up like super early that day because we thought the line was going to be so long but we ended up being we woke up so early that nobody was there yeah so we ended up like being able to actually talk to the people there. And one thing I will never forget about this time is it's and it's become part of our story, right? Is when Dolphin Tale came out. And during this time frame, we actually went to the movie theater and we saw Dolphin Tale as a family. And that was our last movie we saw together as a family before he deployed. And then we sent him off. Right. And that was the last time we saw him. And Dolphin Tail was just, it became a lot more than what we thought it was. Right. So, Winter, she lost her her tail to a crab trap that she got stuck in, I believe. And she ended up having to get her tail amputated. And she had a prosthetic tail, a prosthetic flipper that she wore. And so, Take me back to November 20th, 2011. What what sticks out to you about that day? Um, I don't have too many memories lead, like right leading up to November 20th. I have like a few memories of November 20th, but I also don't have many after. Mm-hmm. So what were those memories that you do have? So I remember getting home. We had went to the grocery store that day and we had, um, we were coming home to unload the groceries and I was super excited because we were going to send a package over to Afghanistan to everybody who was deployed with dad and dad. Um, And so a few days before, too, we were making Christmas cookies. I remember that. And we were getting stuff to send with the Christmas cookies, I think, or something to send after the Christmas cookies, because we would send packages of drinks or macaroni and cheese, something that was other than what the military had provided them to eat. Um, I kind of remember um November 20th but I just remember like a feeling of uneasiness because I wasn't old enough to understand it all but I was old enough to understand people's feelings and I knew that everyone was kind of shaken up by what was happening So do you remember the moment the phone call came in or the second phone call came in? Do you remember that moment? 
Not really. All I remember is mom picking up the phone and then crying. So mom picked up the phone and she was crying. And right after that, I took you with me to my room. And we had to call some friends and be like, okay, this is happening. Something happened to daddy. And we need you to come over like now. Something serious has happened. Yeah. Do you remember any of that? I remember you being given the phone, but not going with you to your room. So right after that phone call happened, we were completely just shaken. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was going on. Do you remember anything after that? Do you remember anything of the days after the days leading up to it? Because we still didn't know if dad was okay or not. Yeah. What were those days like waiting to hear about that? Um, I don't really remember much. I remember that we had went to um, my kindergarten and first grader's house. Your teacher's house? Yeah. And they were able to make sure that we were getting to school. And they were kind of like the first plan of if anything happened, we were going to stay with them. Yeah, so both you and I left. We were removed from the situation as fast as possibly it could be. And mom was still at home, so we were all pretty much separated during that time. So it was only just you and me together, really. And we stayed with our friend's house. It was your old teacher, and we stayed with them for quite a while. And then it rolled around where we finally got the chance to see mom again. Do you remember the day she told us what happened to dad or do you remember what she said or how you were feeling? I remember quite a bit. I know that we were sitting on the couch and it was Thanksgiving day and we knew that a lot of people were going to be like coming over Mm -hmm. just to like visit us and talk to us and everybody from the unit that had been there. Um. When, like, right after we got the call. Um, But I remember her telling us that he lost his leg. And she used the term that he was, like, winter the dolphin. Because she had lost her tail. And immediately we started joking about it. Because that's just the way we were. Um. And we were like, he's going to get a flipper. Right. And that was like our joke. So we found out that he got hurt, right? We found out that he didn't have a leg anymore. He ended up being like Winter the Dolphin, who played a huge part in our story. And we found out that he's hurt and hurt really bad. And what was going through your head at that point? Because I know what was going through my head. I was so scared. I was anxious. I know I was crying that day. And I know that I felt uneasy about it still, even though, you know, we were pretty certain that he was going to be okay. But I still felt a little uneasy. How were you feeling at that time? I don't think that it really had, like, fully hit me. Because I was still very young. So I was kind of taking information in smaller sections. Like, I had processed that he lost his leg, 
but then like we started laughing about it and like that's I was just like oh he's like winner that's normal right at that point I just thought that oh that's really cool he's like a dolphin and I really liked dolphins at the time too yeah so that's just like how my mind went and then um I think somebody that he was deployed with um had had their mom pick us up three DSs for the hospital. And so I felt like I think that I was pretty distracted that day to not like fully understand like the whole situation. So again, that was Thanksgiving day. Um, about five days after we received the phone call and, you know, we're finding out what... T- I think it was the 24th. It was 24th, maybe, yes. So 24th, November, five, four or five days after, we're kind of figuring out what's going on. We we know dad lost his leg. We know he's like Winter the Dolphin. That He'll get this cool, uh, we called it like a flipper. <laughs> like, it was so cool to us. And then that night, right? So everyone came over to comfort us, to have Thanksgiving with us, to have, you know, this big just... We partied then. <laughs> like we had this big get together with everyone uh, from the unit and our friends. And then that night we were able to actually talk to dad on the phone. Do you remember of anything of that phone call, that conversation we had? I don't. I just remember people were talking or like either you or mom had talked about how Dad was saying that the phone was shrinking and that he would have to put it down because he felt like it was shrinking in his hand. And if you put it down, then it would go back to the normal size. So the hard thing about deployments, right, is you don't get to talk to your mom or your dad who's deployed because, you know, especially back then, technology wasn't what it was, what it is now. Um we didn't have everything. So he deployed, he left in, you know, August, September timeframe. And then here we are in November, we hadn't received a phone call. We weren't able to call him. We weren't able to, to talk to him over something like Zoom or anything that we have now. And that's a long time to go without talking to someone. So hearing his voice that day, it gave the assurance that he was still okay. Yeah. So moving ahead, when did you see him next? When were we able to go to our next location of San Antonio, Texas to see him? We had went to see him and actually kind of moved to Texas in December, right before Christmas. I think it was the 22nd. Mm -hmm. So December 22nd, we. Uh, we were waited about a month until we actually flew to Texas to see him. Mom left um, right after Thanksgiving, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. She was able to leave and go to Texas to be with dad. And so we kind of stayed with our friends back in Ohio so we could finish out the semester at our school in Ohio. Um, and we just had a stable environment to be in for that month. And then after we knew everything was okay, we traveled to Texas to spend Christmas, you know, as a family together. And 
to essentially move there. We we ended up moving there. We didn't move back to Ohio. We haven't lived there since. So what do you remember about that month? Because as a military child, you know, we're, we were okay. We were we knew that we wouldn't see dad for a while, but then mom left, right, to be with dad. And now you're living the life of a military child, but you're also living the life of a military child whose parent is injured, right? So what was that like? Did your friends treat you differently? Did your friends treat you differently because you were a military child at all? Um, I don't quite remember much. I know that I had a very like small group of friends and I didn't talk to many people. Mm-hmm. But I remember most of like the people that I talked to a lot became the people at the unit mm-hmm. because not I think after Thanksgiving or not too long after Thanksgiving we had started living with um one of our friends that was actually in the unit and her husband was deployed with our dad and so we lived basically with her we moved a lot of our like clothes that we were gonna wear all of our school stuff in with her in her extra bedrooms and we had spent a lot of time at the unit and so I have quite a bit of memories in that time actually in the unit Mm -hmm. with the people in the military and then I don't have much memories from school just because it wasn't really a big part of my life. Okay, so during that time, that month, you know, still in Ohio, just the two of us living with friends, do you remember feeling stressed because you didn't know what was going on? Or did you felt safe and comforted because of the strong military community we had around us? I don't remember feeling stressed. I don't think that it was something that I really felt in the moment. Um, I did definitely feel safe and cared for with the military people around us, but I don't really f- remember feeling any like sort of strong emotion. So we're getting out of this situation where it's just the two of us, you know, living in Ohio, and we fly to Texas to be with our family for Christmas. Do you remember that Christmas? Was there something different about that Christmas? Because this was technically our first Christmas as a family living outside of Ohio, right? Yeah. So what do you remember from that? Um, so when we first got off the plane, um, we had flown with our friend, but I remember mom being there and I remember being super happy that she was there. And before we had went to the hospital to see dad, we had to like just do a couple things because we had to take all of our luggage into the hotel room and stuff. So we went to the hotel room and it was small. It was a regular hotel room, one bed, a pull out couch. Um, It had a small kitchen. It had like a microwave and a fridge. And I remember we had like the little tiny cutie stream like the cuties orange juice drinks and then the little tiny mickey mouse like cheese and 
every like small little like little kid food or something like that and then we had went to the hospital and I I remember feeling kind of like shocked like I just I hadn't really fully processed like that it he was missing his leg and like all I knew that he was that he was missing his leg so seeing him was definitely like I was shocked how did you because after a month of not you know seeing mom seeing dad for over four months how was it walking into the hospital room into even a hospital setting of my dad was not like this four months ago when I last saw him and now we're here right laying in hospital bed what was that like and what was the difference that you felt maybe in your heart what was that like I don't think I fully expected it like the whole little bit was unexpected because you don't normally just like go to a military hospital like this hospital was huge it was like really big and it had all these different like units and everything um and it was like I remember kind of feeling like excited because right before like something big happens like and you have a slow time getting there like you just start feeling adrenaline Mm -hmm. so I think I started to get like the feeling of like adrenaline and like happiness so it was more of this I'm so excited to see you because I haven't seen you in so long right than anything yeah cool so dad was in the hospital for you know an extended amount of time from basically the day he got hurt on November 20th up until mid-January when he was finally released from the hospital and then because we ended the semester in Ohio in the school semester we had to transfer to a school in Texas Um, and we were fortunate to transfer onto a military base uh, school. So you went from a public school to a military-based school. What was that difference? How easy was it make, to make friends there? Um, or how did you feel? What was that transition like? I think it was really different for me. I had transferred into like a classroom that had two teachers instead of just one, which was a really big difference for me. And it ended up being like the school was completely different from what school I was going to because I knew all the teachers in the school in Ohio because our mom worked for the school. So I knew all the teachers. But in this one, I knew none of the teachers, none of the students. The only person in the whole school I knew was you. And you were in a completely different wing of the school than me. So I think it felt a little bit scary for me. But I think over time, I slowly started to get used to it. Um, But for like the whole year of third grade, I don't remember having like many friends or talking to many people. 
So we transferred out of a school that had really no military children in it. We were some of the only ones because it's not popular to really go to a public school outside of a military installation and be a military child. It's not, it's not super common. So you transferred out of this school that had no military children really in it to a school where it was really only military children. Was it easier to talk to people about the military or did you not talk about it? Or what was that situation like? I think for everyone, like at our school in Ohio, nobody was military. So it was more kind of talked about as different. It was something that made us different. But in this school, it was kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, that's normal. So I think it was a sense of normalcy. Yeah, we felt normal, right, in this school in Ohio, but we really weren't as normal as some of the other kids were because we had a completely different lifestyle than these kids. But when we got to Texas, it was this, okay, you are just like me and I'm just like you. We're both in the military, or we both have parents in the military, and... You know, that's, that gives us some sort sense of normalcy because we have something in common, right? We didn't have in common with anyone else. And so dad's going through this recovery phase and going to doctor's appointments and doctor's appointments and doctor's appointments right after another, one after another. How was that like for you? Because we were in school most of the time when this was happening, right? So... Were you, like, kind of weirded out by it? Did you want to know more? What what was that situation like? It became normal to me. We had, like, we would go from school. We would go to the hospital, do our homework there, or do it back at the hotel. Because at that point, we were still living in a hotel room. Um, Right after we got to Texas and we were... So we spent a lot of time in the hospital, which kind of was a lot better than the hotel room at that point in time because the hotel room was small and filled with luggage and school stuff spread out and like just a ton of like stuff to do. Because when you got home from the hospital, there was nothing to do. We didn't have like our normal toys. So we had a ton of little tiny like things to keep us occupied. Um, so I think the hospital just became like normal. It became a normal lifestyle for me. Um, and at that point in time, we had um, DSs that we would sit and we would play on, or we just found something to do. Yeah. So in a normal military family of a non-reservist as an active duty soldier, if you were to get hurt, you'd automatically go on orders and your family would be moved to wherever hospital you were going to. But because we were a reserved family, we didn't have that. We got placed on orders one day short of having our stuff moved with us to our new location of San Antonio. So we didn't have our things with us. 
And that was hard because we had to make do with what we brought with us and what we got and what we got, um, what people gave to us. We had to make do with that because we didn't have much. How did you feel during that? Were you bored a lot of the time? Did you feel like you had a lot of things to do, especially because we had school on top of it? Or what was that like? Um, I think that I just kind of ended up having fun with whatever I could. Um, we learned to watch shows like on HGTV or TLC, something that like they would play in a normal hospital. Um, and I think we just had to find fun in whatever we were doing. Um, at the point right after we had me and you had gone to Texas dad was still in like an electric wheelchair so we would do electric wheelchair races around the um circle or something and we would like get food like because he could have food brought up from the cafeteria or we would go down to the cafeteria for a change of location and we would eat or something. Yeah. So let's move forward a little bit to now we're in a house. We have all of our stuff with us and we're still attending the school on a military base. We're still, you know, having friends. What, at what point did you begin to tell your friends, hey, you know, I'm here because my dad's hurt. And how was that? Because we're all military children, but we all go through different things. I think it just became normal for me. Like, I had no recollection of, like, this is not how a normal life is. I think I was just so young at the time that we were surrounded by other people um, in like the Wolfsack, the Warrior Family Support Center, that other kids' parents were injured, and it just felt normal for me. It didn't feel like that I had to, like, tell anybody this big, huge thing because it felt normal. It felt like, oh, yeah, this just happens in everybody's life. So we went to the Warrior Family Support Center, like you were saying. We went there quite often, and it was this place where uh, soldiers who were in and out of hospital appointments could go. They could feel at home. There were couches set up. There was a kitchen. There was food. Um, there was a TV room where you could play games. You could rent movies. You could take um, art classes or any other classes that were offered. Were you able to meet some friends during that time in the Warrior Family Support Center that maybe you connected with on the injured side of it rather than just the military side of it? Because it's two different, two different pieces to it. I definitely were able to meet some people. Um, I think that a lot of like, I was able to meet kids, but a lot of the adults, I was able to just like, talk to because they all wanted to like talk to you and like have fun like we were able to go to quite a few different like 
events and do like crafts with other people and we were able to talk to them and have fun yeah so that was such a special time where we felt like we were kids again because you know here we are taking all these fun classes there was a playground to play on that we were at all the time you know there were other kids and not many of them were our age at, you know, nine and 10, maybe at the time they were a lot younger than we were. Um, but we were still able to play with them and have fun. And there were a couple other kids our age there. And, you know, we just felt home there. There was a sense of, of feeling home and a sense of belonging there. And then, you know, we're still at the point of dad's in recovery, dad's you know, still in this military life, but we're kind of at the point of transitioning out of it, right? And going into a life of more or less back in a civilian lifestyle, right? So what was that transition like back from, you know, living in Texas for so long to living in our next location of Florida? Um, I think that it was a big transition. But I think we all kind of felt, for the most part, like Texas was a part of our life, but it wasn't the only thing to our life that we ended up having to, like, move on. And we moved to Florida, and another great thing about Florida was that Disney wasn't too far away that we could just go there. So speaking of Disney again, we had that that trip in 2010 before he even knew he was in deploying, he was going to be deploying, and then he gets hurt, right? So what's that transition of, hey, you're home, like, we're going to Disney now, like, pack your bags, like, let's go, but we couldn't. We had to wait almost a full year until we were able to go to Disney again. So when did we go to Disney and what was that experience? Like, was it different than the first time? Was it better? Was it harder? What was it like? Um, so when he got hurt, um, we had gotten told that like Disney was going to be pushed back. But it was still happening. It, but it was still happening. Um, but we were thinking that, oh, he's home. It's time for Disney now. Um, mm-hmm. But we had gotten told, like, it's going to be pushed back, but it's going to happen. Um, and we ended up going to Disney for his alive date, which is the date that he got injured. So this was his first anniversary as an alive date. Yeah. You know, one full year after that. And so that was basically the anniversary of you getting moved out of the civilian life and getting moved more into a military life of, you know, being around the military life more, moving to Texas. That was your first move that you've ever experienced early in your life of moving, which normal military children, not on or on active duty, not a reserve soldier. They're spending every two to three years they're moving to their next location. So they're experiencing that much more. But we were fortunate to only experience that twice. So 
then we're moving to Florida and we have this new life going and we're, we're together again for, for permanent and we're, you know, going to Disney all the time and we're having this lifestyle. Did you miss the military life? Did you miss it? I don't think that, like, I didn't get the feeling of, like, a true military lifestyle. I had, like, fragments of different military lifestyles because I had kind of, like, you were explaining the pre-military lifestyle. Like, I was a military child, but not completely. I didn't have any memories of being a military child because I was only a baby. And then I had this feeling of being in the military lifestyle. And then I kind of got moved into a injured military lifestyle. And then I was kind of moved into the medical military lifestyle. And so it was a lot of different lifestyles, which I don't think I missed any of them, really. I just... I had the feeling of moving from one to another. So it was kind of just for me, like moving to the next one. Because we had lived on this military base and we, we were there for so long. Did you miss that? Did you miss your school? You know, your friends? Was that hard leaving that? Because it was so great. It was this lifestyle that we kind of basically just got used to and then here we are moving again is that something that affected you I missed it and I think that for a little bit of time it was hard because I was going through basically the same thing that I did when we moved to Texas I didn't have any friends I was going to a new school and wherever you go that's still going to be hard And I think that was the hardest part for me of not being where I was and being too in a new place. But I think it was kind of like an easy adjustment because not too long before I had made it and I didn't fully like make any lifelong friends there. Being in the military life of a child for so long, did that stir anything inside of you to want to be in the military yourself? Or was that like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I've seen too much. I'm not doing that. Did you want to join or no? There were times when I wanted to join. But then um, I didn't fully, like, have one thing that I wanted to be. For a really long time so it was kind of like uh I could be this and then like a little bit later it was like oh but I could do this yeah too it was kind of like the little kid sense of like I want to be an astronaut and then I want to be a teacher and then I want to be all these different things so we're living in Florida and you know we're still living here And we have this lifestyle going. Do you feel military life influenced that a lot? And do you feel that having the military background has influenced who you are today and where you're going? I definitely don't think that I would be the same person if I didn't have the military lifestyle. And I think 
the military lifestyle has made me more adaptable today and more kind of just understanding. Because in the military lifestyle, you kind of learn that everybody has a different life, too, to a point. Um, Because you could sit next to your friend in class, but you don't exactly know, like, five years ago, if they lived in Hawaii or if they lived in Arizona. You don't know that. So I think it kind of taught me that, like, everybody has, like, their own really cool story to tell, military child or not. Yeah. So... Everyone has that background, right? Everyone has a story behind them of where they've been, where they're going, and how, you know, they got from point A to point B in their life, and they got from where they were to where they are now. So where are you now? What are you working towards? What are your goals in life that you have? I am right now a senior in high school, about to graduate in just a few months, I am hopefully working towards um, going to Alabama, the University of Alabama, for a degree in child life. Um, my goal is to do an online degree and hopefully be able to have as much paid for as I can by scholarships. So then I can work at a hospital and work with other children. So tell me exactly what a child life specialist is, because not a lot of people know what it is and what the main purpose of a child life specialist specialist is. So what is it and what is the goal of a child life specialist in the life of another child? So basically when children have some sort of thing that puts them in a hospital, whether it's a form of cancer or something else that has them in a hospital, it can be hard to understand, which I feel like I felt in my life with my dad getting hurt. I couldn't fully understand it. Um, And so it would basically be... uh, I would have the ability to spend time with them and create a relationship with them to be able to help them on their journey in the hospital um, and help them understand it and mentally cope with it through forms of art or whatever speaks to them, which I definitely had the ability to do. In your time of being a military child, did you have that or did you feel that you kind of created that for yourself? In times, I felt like I had that, whether it was like with my family or they had, since we were on a military base, they had a few programs in our school to help us. But I definitely feel that it wasn't as present as it could be. Yeah. So do you think living in the military child lifestyle in 
the hotel or the hospital version, the injured side of it, do you think that influenced your decision of what you wanted to do today? I think it did. I think it gave me a understanding that it's needed because as I felt like as a child at the time, I wasn't able to understand it. So I feel that it's important and it's needed in the world. Yeah. And then last question, what piece of advice would you give to a military child and what would you give to a civilian who might know a military child? I think I would say that there's always a journey to go on and um, your story doesn't stop when you stop being a military child and nobody's story immediately stops once they have a life change. When I moved to Florida, my Texas story did not stop. We still have friends there. We still go back. Like that story still had more to it and it definitely had more growth. Yeah. So what would you tell a civilian who might know a military child, whether that be through a school situation like we had in Ohio where, you know, there weren't many military children in the school that we kind of had a different lifestyle than many others did. So, or, you know, you work with someone who is a military child. Um, What would you say to them as a piece of advice? I would tell them that every single military child has a different story. So no matter what you see in a movie or one of your other military child friends, has they always have a different story and no matter what their story is it doesn't make them any more or less than another person it just makes them another person with a interesting story to tell or something in their life yeah that's great well thank you for being on the podcast today we'll have to have you back on again another day totally Thank you so much for tuning into the Grace of a Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Instagram, and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then.